When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance on this Monday. The Super Bowl is set. The games are kind of awful. Officiating is too much of a story. Hembo is obnoxious. RC is here. (laughs) (laughs) Let's roll. (laughs) Here we go. Only one place to start. It's Mahomes' house, baby. Arrowhead. I love this place, man. My goal is to win the Super Bowl. To me, the job's not finished. And I can't wait till Kansas City and Philly clash. It's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome, man. I mean, what a great, what a great Super Bowl will be. The Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles will meet for all the marbles in the Arizona desert. Two weeks from yesterday. After they both wed statement performances yesterday. We'll talk about what the Eagles statement was for a lot of this morning, particularly with Hembo and Cam, both being members of the hashtag crew and both being your typical obnoxious Eagles fans. But we will start by talking about the Chiefs with uh, my friend Ryan Clark, who's good enough to hang out after we finish Get Up. And here's the point I was trying to make on TV all morning long, RC, and I'm not sure I've made it right. But I am one. You played the game, and you know more about football. You know more about football and the way it is played, and the players playing it, and all that than practically anyone I know. What I know is the history of the sport, yeah. and my job has always been, and my fascination has always been, with sort of documenting the history and how everything compares. And I can tell you, the legendary quarterbacks all have a game like the one Patrick Mahomes did yesterday. The one you will remember where he was limping. He was hopping around on that foot when he couldn't run around and do all the things he usually does. Mm -hmm. He's playing against the team that the whole world thought was going to beat him. He's losing his receivers left and right, all of this. And yet he finds a way to beat you with his heart and with his guts and with his arm, or with his mind, excuse me. He normally beats you with his legs and with his arm and all the spectacular physical things yeah. he does. But the great ones beat you with their head and with their guts, and that's what he did. You know, Greeny, for, so, for, for much of the week, we talked about how would Patrick Mahomes' injury hinder him when it came to game time. And I spoke about it on Friday that Patrick Mahomes wasn't just about his mobility, or wasn't just about his ability to improv. He was a quarterback that could do it all. He could beat you with his mind. He can beat you with his arm. We also saw him beat a team with his heart. We saw him galvanize the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs and have them play above a level that we've seen them all year. We have to think about it. You lose Kadarius Toney. You lose McCole Hardman. Now MVS steps up and becomes your number one receiver. You have an offensive line that's down three offensive linemen, but they protect their butts off the entire day. And then in the most important moments of this game, you get the play to MVS in the end zone where Jesse Bates cuts the low, the low crosser. Patrick Mahomes steps up in the pocket, jumps off of his feet, throws a laser for a touchdown, and then it's the run. It's not the fact that this run was some 25-yard, you know, Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick run. It was that we watched him not be able to jog back to the huddle. We watched Patrick Mahomes limp off of the field after throwing touchdowns. Yeah. And you mean to tell me in the most important moment of the game, hobbled as he had been the entire week and the entire game, you're going to dig deep and go get that first down? You're going to put yourself at risk? Yes. 
That's exactly what a great teammate does. That's exactly what an amazing leader does. And you know, Greeny, me and you, we share a lot of things. Like, we are really friends. The mm-hmm. one thing we shared was the last dance. Yeah. This was his flu game. Yes. Right? This, this was This was Patrick Mahomes' flu game. His opportunity to show that it's not just about what God gave me. Yeah. It's about who I am as a man. And being willing to give everything for the win, and Patrick Mahomes did. That's ah, a great. That's a great one. And I was thinking of Willis Reed is, is another one that comes up. You know, the, yeah. in the history of the sport and basketball, where he limps out onto the court. But if people yeah. forget that Willis Reed scored four points in that game, <laughs> right. And Walt Frazier <laughs> carried them to a win in Game exactly. Seven against the Lakers. Mahomes, he does it, and that's the yeah. thing. Like you say to yourself, well, he didn't have anything to prove going in yesterday. He kind of did. Because people were all tiptoeing around saying, well, maybe is Burrow about to displace right. him as the guy? Yeah. And the other team is calling the stadium Burrowhead mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And Mahomes, he has always been the best player on the field. Yep. Yesterday, he wasn't able to be the quote-unquote best player on the field. He still managed to be the greatest player yep. on the field. I think that is his defining that's a, performance. That's a very... Uh, great distinction you just made, Bill yeah. Greeny. We don't talk about Tom Brady in terms of how good he is. We right. talk about him, him in terms of his greatness. And that greatness comes with elevating a team. And that's exactly what Patrick Mahomes did. And I love the fact that you laid out what the week was like. It was a week where Joe Burrow was at least being crowned or being talked about being crowned as the king of the AFC, a guy that could run this division or run this conference the rest of his career. He said his Super Bowl window is as long as he's playing. And we were starting to have those conversations. We almost forgot that this was Patrick Mahomes' fifth consecutive AFC championship. We forgot that he's going to be the that he's presumptive MVP for the second time in his career and can now win another Super Bowl. He reminded us all yesterday, yesterday though, that legends and champions aren't made in discussions. They're made on the field. Mm-hmm. And he showed us in the biggest moment of his season that he was the guy that his team could lean on no matter how hobbled he was. Greeny and RC in my studio. Nature Valley wants to see you and your family out there. When we share our love for out there, we inspire others to protect it. And that's what getting out there is all about. Nature Valley life happens out there. You know, it's interesting that you say that because the other part of this for uh, Mahomes is that the historical piece of it comes back into play. So Tom Brady won his third Super Bowl when he was 27. That's the age yes. Mahomes is now. Tom Brady didn't win his first league MVP award, for whatever that's worth, and I think it's worth a lot, in his age 30 season. Mahomes is going to win that. So he's going to have two MVPs at the age of 27, and he might have two Super Bowls. So I think, you know, we talk about the chase for the GOAT status and all that, and people think, oh, Brady put that away forever. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, am I saying that Mahomes is going to win seven? No, I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if you're looking at the pace that they're on, it doesn't seem completely unreasonable to say he's going to win several more, and then we'll see where the chips Well, fall. I think we started this conversation very young, for Patrick Mahomes because the difference between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes early was that Patrick Mahomes was the reason the Kansas City Chiefs were great. Patrick Mahomes was a difference maker, not only in the sense of what he did for his organization, but we saw him differently than the other players at his position, no matter the age. And when we look at talent, when we look at individual statistics, when we're going to look at the, the individual way that someone plays the game, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes aren't really going to be in the same conversation. 
This conversation is going to come down to how many times on the biggest stage was Patrick Mahomes the greatest player, as you said. And this is his third opportunity to do that. And let's be fair. The last time he was here, they weren't a whole team. Patrick Mahomes made some throws in that game that are still some of the best throws throws I've ever seen. And they hit Tyreek Hill and they hit, um, I forget the running back at the time, in the face mask. Yeah. And they dropped him. He threw footballs parallel to the ground yeah. because he had nobody else out there. But you have to win those games. No one goes back to those games and says you didn't win because of. So Patrick Mahomes now against the Philadelphia Eagles, who have an all-time historic pass rush, has a chance to put himself on a list by himself. Because when you look at how long it took those other players to accomplish those goals, as compared to what Patrick Mahomes in this accelerated rate has accomplished these things, it's truly no comparison. And I don't mean to sort of sidetrack the conversation to this, but here's what I thought of as you were saying that. Greeny and RC with you on ESPN Radio. Yesterday also gave you reason to believe that Mahomes is going gonna, is gonna to age well. Which yes. is to say, like he showed you yesterday, there's going to come a time when he's not going to be the most talented player. He's 27 years old now. Yes. When you're 35, he's not going to be the most talented player. He gave you reason to believe yesterday he's going to age well. I don't know that Josh Allen has given you that same thing. No, like if you look I at agree. Allen and you say to yourself, when he's no longer the most dominant physical specimen in the league, which will happen, you know, you, and you got to fall back on winning with your mind and your and look. Yeah, I'm listen, not trying to knock no, Allen, but don't and, and don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not saying that this player I'm about to mention was ever necessarily the passer Josh Allen was or Mm -hmm. how we see him, but it was very close. Josh Allen reminds me of Cam Newton. Oh, absolutely. Right? And people forget, in 2015, Cam Newton was the best football player in the world. Mm -hmm. Cam Newton won the MVP, took the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl. They were 15-1 and in the regular season, and he was just, just, just absolutely dominant. But he was asked to do so much. And so much of that was based on his physical gifts. And when those things go away and you don't necessarily add the other things you need, you see what we saw from Josh Allen in the playoffs this year. You see the decline that we've seen in Josh Allen since Brian Dayball has gone on to be the head coach of the New York Giants. And now Ken Dorsey is left to be the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. There has to be some sort of progression in the way that Josh Allen sees and executes on the football field or when that arm is gone a little bit. When some of that physicality in the run game is no longer present, we see a drop off in him that we haven't seen in the Tom Brady's. We didn't see or haven't seen in Aaron Rodgers until this year and what we potentially don't think we'll see in Patrick Mahomes. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces come join their growing team go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today quickly on the other game uh, the nfc championship game yesterday i think uh, uh, set a personal record for me or, or set something new for me i have never watched a conference championship game and at any point started reading a book but yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> late in the third quarter, I just thought, well, I just got to kill some time now. And so the next they game. could play this game for 10 hours. Yeah. And it, it, it was, what can we say about that game? It was like a non-game. The first thing is uh, they need to come up with the rule to have the third quarterback again. I think doing away with that rule um, in retrospect was a mistake. And the other piece of it is you have to give Philadelphia the credit 
for knocking the quarterbacks out of the game. This mm. wasn't a situation where Brock Purdy was outside of the pocket trying to do too much, and he hurt himself. Josh Johnson wasn't attempting to be Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick. He was in the pocket. It was the pass rush of Reddick. It was the pass rush of Indomitian Sue that created these injuries. And now we're wondering and we're watching Christian McCaffrey try to get the, 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 the speaker in his helmet so he can be the backup or wildcat quarterback. Yeah. When you look at this game, it's, it's a letdown. I'm being honest. It was a letdown. It was horrible. Like, it was I, I horrible. Wanna, I want to say some other things about it, but there really isn't anything to say because once both Josh Johnson and Brock Purdy, or Brock Purdy had to come back in the game, and he couldn't even throw a pass. It's, what are we watching, right? We're no longer watching the football that we know. And if you're Philadelphia, you don't care, right? A win is a win is a win, of and course. you earned it. Yeah. But as, as, as the viewers and the fans and the analysts and the host. You were looking forward to see what should have been an epic battle between two top NFC teams. Yeah, we'll never know. I mean, Dan said this morning uh, on TV with us that he thinks that the Eagles were going to dominate that game anyway, and I thoroughly disagree. That's a game that should have been 7-7 at halftime. Yeah. They, they should have challenged the Devontae Smith catch. That's right. a terrible job by them. Not ch- You could tell from his his reaction that he didn't catch it. Uh, and then Josh Johnson drops the ball, yes. and they, they score seven points off that. It should have been 7-7 at the yeah. half. Again, you never know where the game is right, if Brock Purdy. Sure is playing, but they weren't getting blown off the field. Their defense just gave up at some yeah, point. Yeah, and, and, and eventually you can only take so many body blows. Yeah. So, Green, this defense was fighting yeah. and fighting and fighting. There were three and outs. There were turnovers. There were injuries offensively. And you're, and you're still playing against number one seed right. in the NFC. It's not like the Philadelphia Eagles were taking people off of the field because they felt sorry for the San Francisco Philly No, Eagles. I mean, that, that's I think Trent – uh, William spoke for everyone when he just body slammed that guy. Yeah, he was, he was just like, we're done here. <laughs> he didn't want to stay and watch it. I barely noticed that because, again, I was reading a very good book. But, but I'm just waiting for the other one to start. All right, RC, awesome as always. Thank you. Thank you, my man. For hanging out as yes, always. Right, we'll come back. I've got my takes coming up on this, and I'm just forewarning you. We got two Eagles fans on the hashtag crew, and they're just the worst. And it's going to be horrible today. But you're going to sit through it. So am I coming up next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space 
to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. My goodness, it begins this fast. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Feeling a need to offer a blanket apology today for the obnoxious behavior that is going to follow. Hashtag Cam has control of the board today, and he has already promised slash warned us that all the songs he's going to play today are Philly-related. Hembo was wearing, is that a Brian Dawkins jersey? It is. And, uh, and, and has just been impossible to deal with all day long. Uh, he's greasing poles anywhere he can find them. And, and so we're going to have to put up with this. I mean, that's just basically what I have to say is we're going to have to put up with this today and it's going to be a challenge and it will begin in 30 seconds. Actually, in 30 seconds, I'm going to give you my takes. Uh, and then we will let these guys just ruin everyone else's day. Uh, but in 30 seconds, we'll do my takes after this word from Dollar Shave Club. Are you still overpaying for a razor in this economy? Inflation is lame. Crying at the gas station is lame. Overpaying for razors is lame. That's why Dollar Shave Club exists. With Dollar Shave Club, you can get a top-shelf shave at a regular shelf price. They've been hawking shaving products for years online, and they're excited to bring you the same great quality and low prices at a store near you. Find Dollar Shave Club in the men's razor aisle. Get your Dollar Shave Club razor wherever you want. Epic razors, epically affordable. Okay. Greenies Takes. As is traditional on these Mondays, I will give you my top five. Takeaways uh, from yesterday in the NFL. Only two games, but I have plenty of takes. Here we go. Number five. Uh, The NFC game was the worst game ever. Genuinely the worst, most unwatchable, that's a double negative, least watchable big football game I can ever remember watching. I'm not kidding when I told Ryan Clark a few moments ago that at some point in the third quarter of that game, I started reading my book. Brad Easton Ellis has a terrific book out right now. It's called I, I just started. It's called The Shards. I'm really excited to read it. And I started reading it yesterday because that game was just horrific. Every now and again, I looked up when it sounded like, um, like you know, the, the voices got a little more excited. Uh, God bless those guys at Fox. It's not there for Bur- uh, Burkhardt and Olsen, who I think are very good, are doing everything they can to try and sell you on the fact that maybe this is still a game. But it was certainly not. From the Candidly, the minute Josh Johnson came in the game, that game was over. When he went out of it, they should have just literally stopped it. Like, if that was a fight, they would have just, you know what? No one wants to continue playing. Trent Williams just asked for the check, <laughs> right? Trent Williams just body slammed a guy in a pile because he's just thinking, I don't I don't need to be out here for the last five minutes of this. So that was, it's a shame. It's no one's fault. I guess you could give credit to the Eagles defense for knocking those guys out. At the end of the day, That was a non-game where a great game should have been positioned. So that was a terrible shame. Number four. All right, we're going to talk a lot about Patrick Mahomes. I have done it all morning long, and I will continue to. He was brilliant. But the MVP of the the AFC game was Chris Jones. He was the most dominant, unstoppable player on the field. He wrecked that game. 
He had, I think his final numbers were one and a half sacks and eight pressures. Is that right? It was uh, yeah, two sacks and eight pressures. Did they credit him with two full mm-hmm. sacks? Whatever it was, he destroyed that game. And, and, and we have seen defensive tackles do that sort of thing. Aaron Donald obviously being the most obvious example. And, and if you're a Jet fan like I am, you see Quinn and Williams do it sometimes. Chris Jones did it everywhere. He did it from that D-tackle position, but they move him outside. They're lining him up on the outside, which made it harder. I don't, for whatever reason, the Bengals could not fit. I get it that they have backups in there playing on their offensive line. I really thought maybe yesterday they would try and run the ball more. They had great success running the ball against Buffalo. I thought they would try and do that, figuring if you have backup linemen in there, the least they can, what they most likely can do is block a little. I mean, run block a little as opposed to trying to protect your quarterback. They could not handle Chris Jones. Chris Jones won that game yesterday more than anyone else I, won. I think he was the best player on the football field in either of the football fields yesterday. He, yeah. At any position, he was. What's most impressive about that ridiculous stat line you just gave is that he rushed a passer 38 times, and on 31 of them was double team. There's no good answer for Chris Jones. He's, he's the kind of player that can single-handedly wreck your offensive line, and he was probably the biggest reason they won yesterday. And he did that yesterday. Greeny's takes coming off of uh, the day in the NFL. Number three. Jalen Hurts did not look good. I mean, candidly, he looked awful. Is that a problem for them in two weeks? That, that I think, is going to be the big question going into the Super Bowl. And if you listen to this show, you know I am a huge Jalen Hurts fan and a believer. And obviously, Hembo and Cam now are very much, they borderline consider him a deity. Um, but he's not okay. He's definitely not healthy, and that is definitely a story going into the Super Bowl. It's affecting the pass game a lot more than it is the run game. Jalen Hurts is only averaging five and a half yards per pass attempt in the playoffs. He ranked third during the regular season at more than eight. The Eagles are not going to beat Kansas City if he averages five and a half yards per pass attempt in two games. They've only created three explosive plays, and the only one yesterday was the Devontae Smith catch that actually wasn't a catch. Yeah, and he's got A.J. Brown. If you've seen him play all year long, you know that's a big part of what they do. And that's one of the, the, the fact that they have the in their arsenal the ability to beat you with those plays is one of the reasons the running game is so effective because you can't just crowd the line of scrimmage and sell out and all the other football expressions that people will use. So I am good with, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I am good saying that the storyline, the story of this Super Bowl is that both quarterbacks are hurt. Patrick Mahomes is going to be limping around out there. That's not getting better in two. I mean, it might get better, but it's not going to be completely healed in two weeks. So how much does that impact the game? And how much is Hurts able to look like the player we watched him be all year long? Th- those are the storylines heading up to the Super Bowl. Number two. The, the game opened as a pick so the, the most recent number I've seen is Philly minus two. Is that right? But the game opened as a pick I don't know if this is something we have data on, but do we know how often the Super Bowl has opened as a pick game? Is that something someone keeps track of? We don't track the opening line, no. But there's only a handful it of can't instances. can't be. It cannot have happened much. I'm sure. No, I'm sure not. I'm sure not. And I'm guessing as the game gets closer, it will wind up quite close to a pick Even though, Like you said, the Eagles are minus two right now. There's a really good chance that between now and then, just like what happened last week, you'll see a lot of public bets come in on Kansas City. I wouldn't be surprised if the game lands as a pick which would be exceedingly rare. Yeah. Uh, do we know that? Do I can we know what the up, final yeah. spread is? Yeah. I do have that. Uh, on, on how many Super Bowls have kicked off as uh, pick games. By. Again, we don't know that that will happen here, but it certainly feels like a possibility when it begins that way. You look that up, you give it to me later. We don't need it this second, because I, I want to make sure I get to this. Number one. So lose the music. 
So there's something very important we have to talk about. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you will love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Uh, I love sports. There's nothing I love more than sports. I have dedicated my entire uh, professional life to covering sports, and, and to uh, I have done so because all I ever wanted as a kid who wasn't good enough to play them was to be around sports. So I love sports. So there's nothing in the world I want less than to spend any time on this day talking about something that I perceive to be a significant problem. But for the longest time, the NBA had a major image problem that people believed the league was rigged. People thought the NBA was fixed, that David Stern was deciding who was going to win all these games and all of that. And as I said, for 15 years on Mike and Mike in the Morning, two things. One, that is not and never was true. It was never true that the league was dictating the outcomes of these games. These games were not rigged. I know there was a rogue official. All that. That's not what I'm talking about. But the idea that these games were rigged was never true. But what is unquestionable is the fact that that perception exists is a problem. If people believe that, that's a problem for a league. A league has nothing if it doesn't have the belief of its integrity. And... Yesterday, more than any other time I can remember as a, as a fan, a lifelong fan, I love the National Football League. I owe my life, <coughs> as it currently is constituted, to the National Football League. I'm the last person who wants to see it uh, spoken badly of. I've never experienced a day in the NFL where I felt like more people had that perception. So I'm going to say the same thing today at a moment in which Hashtag NFL is rigged is still trending. These games have been over for 20 or for 12 hours, and that is still trending. I'm going to say this as clearly as it can be said by someone who is as close to this as just about as close to it as you can get without actually having made my living in the NFL. Both those same things are true. These games were definitely not rigged. Definitely not. A hundred percent, not 99.9, a hundred percent certain these games were not rigged. They were badly officiated, and that is a hundred percent true. And in particular, the AFC game. Actually, I thought the officiating in the first game was almost equally bad, but it didn't matter because it was a blowout and it wouldn't, nothing the officials were going to do in that game was going to have any impact on the outcome. So you stopped paying attention. The second game was horribly officiated and it felt and because it was incredibly one-sided. That is 100% because of a bad job done by the officials and 1,000% not because of bias, because if they wanted to determine the outcome, because the league did or the officials did or anybody else. They are human beings who did not have a good day at the office. But I will say that the fact that so many people, I posted a bunch of stuff on Twitter and, and Instagram yesterday, and 90% of the response I was getting was, yeah, but the refs won the game for, yeah, but Greeny, it's all rigged. Yeah, but Greeny, they stole the game. Yeah, but Greeny, they cheated. Yeah, but the league wanted Mahomes. Yeah, but the blah, 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 blah. And so, again, the fact that that is how people are reacting is a problem. And I really believe, and I have said this before, and I think if this doesn't make them address it, I don't know what will. Everything in sports has gotten better. And the officiating has gotten worse. Like I was sitting here on Saturday night 
doing the NBA with Stephen A. and, and uh, Jalen and, and Kendrick Perkins was with us that night watching the end of Lakers Celtics when LeBron James, the biggest star in the sport, got blatantly fouled the most as easy to call obvious a foul hack to the arm on a drive to the basket on the final play of a tie game against the Celtics in regulation as easy a call to make as you'd ever see and again in a league where you would think the benefit always goes to the superstar the fact that he didn't get that call is unbelievable and the the NBA officials you know posting yesterday that it you know whatever it was breaks their heart sleepless night whatever I get it Mistakes happen. That did not happen because the officials wanted the Celtics to win. It happened because a mistake was made. But mistakes that blatant, mistakes that major, mistakes that big are a problem for these leagues because the players have gotten so much better and the coaches have gotten so much better and the stakes have gotten so much higher and the scrutiny has gotten so much more intense and the officiating has gotten worse. There's no question in my mind that NFL officiating in particular right now is as bad as I can ever remember it being. Mm. And that is a major problem, and I hope they do something about it. I don't know what, more training full-time, add people. I don't know what it is. If I had the answer, I would be solving the problem. But you don't have to have the answer to point out the problem. So I don't want to come in here and talk about the officiating all morning long. I don't. Two teams are going to the Super Bowl. They both earned it. They both deserve it. I'm not, I don't want to have this conversation. But you can't ignore it. You can't pretend that isn't the story today. So, Hembro, let me give you the floor first on that. Your take, we will get to the Eagles, I promise, and all that stuff. But how about that part of this story? Oh, I mean, if, if you made me commissioner, which you should not do, but if you made me commissioner, this would be my number one priority this offseason. I don't care how much money I have to pour into it. If I have to pay $50 million to fix this problem, I'll do it. And if on the other side, as it turns out, this is the very best we can do, at least I will know that this is the best I can do. But I, like you, talked to people all day long and received more notes about the officiating, especially from the late game, than I did about everything else combined. And all my friends are Eagles fans. That was still their biggest takeaway from yesterday. So I, don't, like, I, like you, don't know how we can necessarily get better. But on TV, watching from my couch, if I can tell that these things are not being adjudicated properly, we need to be able to do better in the moment, especially when everyone I know is betting on these games and they're as enraged because they're losing money on that stuff as anything else. Yes, and that, that's one of the things I mean when I say that the stakes have never been higher and the scrutiny has never been more intense. Bubba, what's your reaction to it all? Yeah, I mean, I certainly agree with everything you're saying there. I, I mean, and, and we saw, you know, I put on the note last week that this, uh, the officiating the crew that's going to be on for the Super Bowl is already going to be the, the, the crew that has the most penalties. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, yeah, I don't know what how they can fix it if it's more people on there, or I, I assume I'd like to think more consequences. There doesn't seem to be any consequences for any of the officials in any way. You know, I, I would I would assume they grade them on how they do, but there doesn't they do they grade them. Yeah, but these are all star crews you're seeing in these games, by the way. Yeah, I mean, based <laughs> on what I get, you know, that's the thing. I guess I would like yeah. to there there. I guess I would like to see more transparency of based on the transparency of. This person is graded and then you know downgraded or something. I think that's the thing. There's no there's no transparency. I guess is the point. And the, the, I think they need to take advantage of the technology we have and use some of the sky cams and the different you know different technology and use that because yeah, it's just not working. And to Hembo's point, with all the money on the line and the, and the gambling, it's just we can't be doing all this stuff for every single day and every single game. Fans are complaining like this. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and look, they're, they're doing a little of it. I mean, I love what they're doing with the 
the, the replay after further discussion, which is actually New York buzzing the ref and saying, no, you got that wrong or whatever it is, correcting things without replay. Like, I love that they're doing all of that. They should have done it on the Devontae Smith catch. It's everything about that play is disgraceful. Again, if that had been a game, then we would have been talking about that all day long. The officiating had nothing to do with the Eagles winning, of course, because the 49ers had no chance. So that sort of fades away into the ether. But it's not going to fade away in Cincinnati. That, that's not going to fade away anytime soon. That's the conversation people are going to want to continue to have. Uh, we will um, get through uh, the Eagles piece of this coming up as we continue. We will let Hembo and Cam celebrate their path to the Super Bowl. And we will also share the most important words I heard over the weekend after this word from Vivid Seats. Football season's winding down. Basketball and hockey heating up. Nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great ticket prices, they're also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th free. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of the 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See VividSeats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny on ESPN Radio. We're coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. How is this a Philly song? Do I know this song? Cam, what is this song? What, what, you, Motown you prom- Philly by Boys to Men. Okay, I got it. It's going to be all Philadelphia music today because of the 
just overall obnoxiousness of both uh, hashtag Cam and hashtag Hembo who are celebrating their Eagles magic carpet ride to the Super Bowl. Let me very, very quickly mention again our book. Um, we will be out in stores and everywhere else on April 4th, but we're available for pre-order now. And I'm delighted with some of the initial reaction that we are getting from all over the place. The book is called Got Your Number. I wrote it with painstaking research from my main man, Hembo. And the concept of it is quite simple, as I posted on my Twitter page over the weekend and and just uh, put it up where it is now um, linked at the top of my page. The concept is simple. Who owns every number from 1 to 100 in sports history? We choose the players, the coaches, the teams, and at least one horse. If you like sports arguments... This is going to be your ticket to winning all of them for the rest of your life. So if you want to pre-order our book, which would be doing us an enormous favor, if you are, if you think this is something that would be interesting to you, if you think it's something that would be interesting you'd like to give as a gift to someone, maybe a Father's Day gift, the best thing you can do for us is to pre-order it um, because that will convince the publisher to print more books But when the time comes. So you can find it easy. Go to my Twitter page at ESPN Greeny at ESPN Greeny. And at the very top pinned to the top, you will see a link. You can go on there. You can order it from wherever you want. The book is called Got Your Number. And as always, we thank you greatly for your support. Having said that, Hembo, let me have you do a little research for me right now. We, we say the Super Bowl opened as a pick and we'll probably go off something very close to that. From a closing spread perspective, what were the closest Super Bowls? There have only been two Super Bowls. There's never been a pick'em Super Bowl, ever. There's never been a Super Bowl that closed as a pick'em. There are two instances in which there was a one-point spread. That happened in 2014, that classic game between the Patriots and Seattle. That was, a, that was the game, that, the, the, the interception of, mm-hmm. of Russell at the end. New yeah. England was a one-point favorite in that game. And in 1981, Cincinnati was a one-point favorite over San Francisco mm. in another classic. Montana's first Super Bowl. I think the final score of that game was 26-21. That's right. Uh, San Francisco, that was the goal line stand and everything else that San Francisco's defense made. That was the first of the Montana championship. So Two classics. Maybe we, uh, maybe we are... Both those games turned out to be really good. Maybe we are in store for that. I think we earned it after what was not the most delightful day yesterday to be a football fan. But it was for you. So, Hembo and Cams. Hembo, I'll start with you. To the victor goes the spoils. Your Phillies made the World Series this year, and now your Eagles are in the Super Bowl. What can you tell us? Grease the poles, baby. Grease the poles. If you were one of my brethren uh, hanging from a uh, traffic light yesterday in Philadelphia, congratulations for being able to get up there anyway. I will say this. And I don't say this cynically. I say this genuinely. I truly wish that everyone within the sound of my voice could feel what I did yesterday. Because not only, you know, the Phillies going on that sort of unprecedented and unexpected run in October was obviously a wonderful thing. This Eagles team was great. But even so, like the feeling that I had halfway through that third quarter was a, very, a singular thing. I, I, it, no matter how much winning you do or how much prosperity you have, there are very few times as a sports fan that you'll remember where you were when you watched a game and when you felt something. And so Greeny, as someone who has never gotten the chance to feel that with his football team, yeah. it is a feeling I desperately hope someday you will feel because it is a truly singular and indescribable experience. Yeah, and they're going back. Again, your team just won five years ago, so it isn't singular. <laughs> it has happened pretty recently. You just beat Brady on Philly Philly and everything else. What makes this different is that it's a totally different iteration. It's a different quarterback. It's a different coaching staff. And frankly, this group is more beloved than that one. 
Like the city has rallied around this coach and this quarterback in a way that I've not seen. Like they do a much better job at pandering to the fan base than the others did. I was thinking about Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson yesterday. What's clear is that Jeffrey Lurie, the Eagles owner, is really good at hiring coaches because Nick Sirianni we thought was a flop. We thought Doug Peterson was a flop and we thought Andy Reid was a flop. Look at how those guys turned out. Yeah, I mean, Reed took you to the Super Bowl, and, and and Peterson won one for you, and now here's Sirianni early in his tenure, and you're back in the big game here. And the one thing I've certainly, not only have I never had my team go to the Super Bowl in my lifetime, I've never been able to sit through basically an entire second half in celebration of a playoff game. Like, you could pop, literally, if there were champagne being popped in the Hambakita's household yesterday, mm-hmm. you could have popped that stuff early in the third quarter, right? Yes, you could have. But I will say this, and this is somewhat surprising, because I have boots on the ground in Philadelphia, as you know. Sports talk radio is very mixed down there. The fans are not feeling all that optimistic. They're not happy with how Jalen Hurts played. They don't think they've been tested. They feel like the Giants-49ers combo was something of an exhibition. There's not much confidence. There's actually a lot of pessimism in this city right now based upon the quality of competition that the Eagles have had to face to get to this point. Let's hear from hashtag Cam. Cam, another Eagles fan. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I did not read a book yesterday, Greeny, but that was still a pretty brutal game to watch, even though my team was on their way to the Super Bowl. Just to put this in perspective, for all intents and purposes, the Eagles rebuilt their team about a year and a half ago, and now they're in the Super Bowl. We've talked about Jalen Hurts' rise, but this entire team, Howie Roseman won executive of the year this year. He could have won it like five times over because it's so ridiculous how, where they were 4-11-1 in 2020 and now this team is in the Super Bowl and has the most complete roster in the NFL. I'm very excited for the game. It was a bad game to watch yesterday but nonetheless the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Have we mentioned they have two first round picks this year? I mean. <laughs> Thank you New Orleans. They have two first round picks in this coming draft. That is unbelievable. Here's what I'll say about Howie Roseman. Most general managers in the NFL would rather be fired than admit they're wrong. Howie Roseman admitted that he was wrong on two occasions. He traded for A.J. Brown after swinging and missing on the Jalen Rager pick. We all know he should have taken Justin Jefferson. And he acknowledged that the Carson Wentz decision, contract, was a mistake and used a second-round pick on Jalen Hurts when nobody in the fan base thought that he should. Those two admissions might wind up putting that guy in the Hall of Fame and winning the Eagles a Super Bowl. That's exactly right. When you make a mistake in life, this is a great lesson to any young people within the sound of my voice. Everybody makes mistakes, but the really successful people acknowledge it. They don't double down by trying to prove they weren't wrong in the first place. And you're right. That guy might wind up in the Hall of Fame. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.